I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. This is the fabulous Adam Richard, and I have a theory. Hello, chickens. I'm re-prosecuting Matt's uh, missive <laughs> with my croaky voice and my muttly snigger. Um, uh, so, we're up to Night Terrors, uh, the girl who waited, and the God Complex, which I'm going to kind of treat as a trio um, because they're all kind of standalone episodes and that I feel like they work really well. Uh, these three episodes together. Um, I mean, closing time as well, I guess I could include, but that uh, has some other business going on. Um, But yeah, Night Terrors, really fun, standalone episode uh, about um, a cuckoo, uh, essentially. Um, And there is, you know, the Doctor has such a lot of fondness for the kid who is... You know, he realizes is creating this kind of situation with his fear. Um, the you know the doll's house is terrifying; like it's just wonderfully uh, realized. Also, the the you know the the block of flats where they're living is also spooky in and of itself. Um, and it's you know a great counterpoint to the spooky doll's house that's in the cupboard. And it's just like a really great, fun, atmospheric episode with some great visuals. And, you know, even though I kind of vaguely remembered what happened, like watching it again, I was like, oh, this is still interesting. I'm still excited to see how this plays out and what happens. And I thought I knew there was something about the boy, but I couldn't remember what it was. The revelation that they can't have kids and that he manifested himself to, you know, make them happy. Like, it's really cute. It's really sweet. And there's quite an emotional through line uh, with this kid that I, I feel like is 
a huge counterpoint to the sort of bereft feeling you get from the way Amy and Rory's child is taken from them in the previous two episodes. Like, the A Good Man Goes to War and Let's Kill Hitler is basically about them losing their kid and they don't seem to feel anything about that. Like, there's no... You know, it's kind of made clear to them that they're never going to see that kid because she grew up as their best friend. And that that's fine like it's 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 almost as bad as when adric died it's like oh that was sad let's go on the concord um you know there's it, and i i feel like this era of doctor who has had has really invested in the emotional stakes of these terrible things happening i mean i have a lot of difficulty watching Army of Ghosts and Doomsday to this day because it really, like, it hit me. It was hard. It was, like, really sad. And the same with Don- the ending of Donna's story is really tragic. Um, so, yeah, them not having the same kind of emotional uh, throughput as everyone gets to deal with this kid in Night Terrors, I feel is, you know, I feel like they've kind of been robbed somehow. Um, and then the girl who waited, the same thing. Like, Rory's, Rory has to make a decision between old Amy and young Amy. And the Doctor is bleak in this episode. Like, the Doctor is manipulative and kind of nasty. And uh, it is it's quite a moment um, where there is the decision between old Amy and young Amy and, you know, that they're facing each other. And that, it's it's almost like Rory and Amy are given the emotional beats in this episode to kind of like deal with the, the trauma of, you know, she's stuck there for 40 years. But neither of them really... You know, this would have been a perfect time to address that they'd just lost a baby. Um, that, you know, Amy gave birth, the baby was taken from her, then there was the, yeah, the weird goopy goo thing, the Amy was a goopy goo person, uh, and none of that is really addressed. Instead, we just get this whole thing of, like, young Amy, old Amy, who's Rory going to choose, and I'm... Um, yeah, and I feel like that, you know, is Stephen Moffat just like saving the Melody Pond business for his own episodes, but then not, you know, re-prosecuting it in any way? Uh, because, you know, they are given such emotional leeway here as characters to, you know, explain how they feel, to kind of justify their actions and things like that. And... I feel like they don't get that with their kid. Um, and then again in the God Complex, um, which <laughs> I did love that Matt described it as brown. <laughs> um, and you know what's weird is I did, uh, I did love the almost companion in this story. Like, I thought that was a really fascinating um, way of doing things. It's almost like the reverse of uh, Adam back in the 
uh, Christopher Eccleston series, the you know who Rose took a liking to, and he came with them, and then got the implant in his head. Silly, silly idiot. Um, but yeah, I I really loved, and she was a great character. And you're like, oh yeah, and the Doctor's taken a real shine to her. Um, also because he's starting to feel guilty for what he's putting Amy and Rory through and the danger he's putting them in. But that that's another thing that I found weird about this story is the doctor's like, I'm putting you in danger. I'm, I need to, you know, I've here, I've got you a house and a car and all that kind of thing. But again, there's no mention of the baby. There's no mention of what he's put them through emotionally. Um, it's just like, oh, your lives are in danger and I have to stop doing that at the end of the episode. And I'm like, yeah, but what about their kid? Like, you know, you've you've decided that she's now a fixed point in time so you can't go and get her um, or that because River Song storyline involves uh them losing their child it's it it's just never mentioned it's never kind of brought up it's uh yeah i it just feels kind of hollow um because there's you know there's an elephant in the room that they're not talking about and so yeah this trio of episodes the girl who waited the god complex uh and night terrors i really feel like there was space to kind of to, to, to talk about the thing that has not been talked about and will not be talked about for the rest of the episodes. Um, it doesn't come up again. Uh, and as if to rub it in everyone's noses, uh, we get to see James Corden with a perfectly happy baby, um, which is tonally really strange given what's gone on in A Good Man Goes to War and Let's Kill Hitler. That... You know, there's a, a baby has been sacrificed to, you know, the silence to kill the doctor. Like she's been raised and turned into this psychopath, and that's a very, you know, odd, strange science science fictional story. Um, and then we get the the full blown domesticity of a man with a baby, uh, and just him freaking out, not knowing how to raise the child. not like, And you're like, these are all things that have been taken from Amy and Rory and they don't even, like there's not even a moment for the doctor to kind of speak to Craig and say, oh, like, I'm, it's, so, it's so good to see, to see you, you know, you with the baby. I'm, I feel terrible that, you know, because of me, my friends never got to experience this. Like, you know, there's just, there's so many opportunities in these, like, in these four episodes for the Doctor to have some kind of uh, feel culpable or to have an understanding um, of what it means for Amy and Rory to have lost their kid. And I wonder if the reason it's not brought up is because the Doctor is going to marry the kid in the next episode. Anyway, we will deal with that episode in our next episode. <laughs>